Hey, Spit and Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. This episode of Spit and Chicklets is brought to you by Tommy John. Boys, it's been a heat wave in Boston this last summer, and there's been rivers running everywhere, and I'm not just talking about the Charles and the Mystic. Thankfully, I've been wearing my Tommy Johns for the last week. It's the revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for men and women everywhere. Let me put it to you this way. Tommy John doesn't give an F. They give three Fs, fabric, fit, and function. Tommy John's men's and women's underwear sport a no-wedgie guarantee, comfortable stay-put waistbands, and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather-light, moisture-wicking, breathable, and designed to move with you, not against you. That means there's no bunching and no riding up, and that's especially important when, again, you're getting swass. We all know swasses. You know, there's obviously hotter parts of the country, but, man, New England's been brutal lately, and Tommy John's been saving me. That's why you want to try out the best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. That includes their new life-changing women's underwear. That sold out in just six weeks. It's now fully back in stock. Ladies, we know you love spitting chicken, so get on this deal. I can't get enough of Tommy John. Super comfy. So give the three Fs about your underwear and upgrade with Tommy John today. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash chicklets for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash chicklets for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash chicklets. That's C-H-I-C-L-E-T-S. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 106 of Spit and Chicklets, brought to you by Barstool Sports. Let's uh, say hello to the producer down under. Good day to Mikey Grinelli. Hello, gentlemen. I am in Australia. Uh, boy, Paul Biznasty, getting comfy in the desert with the NHL season a mere month away. Boys, the, the topics are just starting to roll in now. Now it's, now it's easy. We had the offseason. We're fucking laughing now. Yeah, no, 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 less fucking crank stories, but more puck stories. And uh, finally, the wit dog, Ryan Whitney. What's going on, brother? How are you, fellas? Grinelli, how's Australia? You crush anything? Not yet. Not yet, but I I say it confidently enough. What a loser. Are you going to land a Sheila? To his his defense, he said he was going to go there and he was going to fall in love. So maybe he's putting some time in with one specifically. (laughs) This is like, to his defense, it took me like eight hours. So that's kind of (laughs) 10 days for Grinelli if we want to do the comparison. (laughs) Well, no, I've fallen in love twice already. So how have the girls been toward you? Is it sick there? Are they friendly toward you as an American? The problem with the girls is they're so nice that they won't, like, even if they don't, want you at all they'll still talk to you and they'll have a full conversation with you and you can just how see dare they <laughs> you can see in their eyes that they're like you're just like this girl fucking hates me i just gotta walk away but they'll they're so nice that they just keep it going and keep the conversation flowing oh you're wow. such a you're such they a don't hit the eject guy, button man. like in boston eh oh no in boston they'll just tell you right from the beginning fuck off have you, you sure done? it wasn't the wristband you were wearing, the golden wristband there? They might have been just intrigued by why you were wearing a golden wristband from uh, – Oh, yeah. I haven't taken it off in weeks. So, yeah. 
The only, the only country I ever heard where like the women were like sluts, like uh, Iceland girls are supposed to be like the, the oh, sluts of Europe. Yeah, bags. that's the only country you think that that has sluts. No, not the, no, no, no. That's not what I said. The only, not the only the girl, the country that has like the sluttiest ratio. Like, because my buddy was dating a girl from Sweden, they were like ranking. I'm like, oh, Iceland girls, they're like the sluts of Europe, you know. I, I'm uh, like, to chime in there, I've had I've had a group of friends go there. I don't know whether it was for a bachelor party or not. Reykjavik. Apparently, the the chances of getting a dick cold when you go over there and, and you slide it in someone is is very likely. And it's just you know whatever. I mean, a couple cough drops and you're good. I was at a, a cookout <laughs> yesterday. Um, Keith Yandel actually flew home for a late, big Labor Day bash. So bunch of kids over there and former teammate of mine uh his wife was there and she came up to me and she's like what's with all the wrench talk with <laughs> I, like, I was like oh my god i was like that just the fact that you're saying that like god i think we have to somewhat reel this thing in, yeah, like, we're gonna dial it in. This that i don't know about i got buddies wives asking me what's with the wrench talk Oh, buddy, I, I, I'm going to NHL media this weekend, and we just had a, a call before this to talk about, you know, some talking points, and, and, and they slid into, like, the no wrench talk, prep talk. Wait, where? I'm like, in yeah. New York City? No, it's in Chicago this year. Oh, God. Yeah, so a couple so days far, there. Yeah. I'm going to be, uh, be doing a little fun little segment with them called What's in the Box. Yeah, no. it's, it's, rally. Well, well, hey, now <laughs> – What's not exactly box? what we're thinking. I, I, my eyes lit up too, RA, and then I got the, <laughs> the pep talk on that too. But it's uh, more of like they put something inside the box, whether it be like a, you know, like a snake or, or a rodent or a, you know, a bowl of spaghetti, wrench. something, or, or a fucking huge wrench. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a monkey wrench um, talking yeah, about. Yeah, but uh, no, it's, it, it should be fun. And they, they got some different guys going this year because it's usually the same guys. They pick Jesus the most. did Ovi, Doughty, like just got yeah, they got some different faces coming this year. Evander Kane's going. I think he'd be a fun guy. He's, he's, he, he'll say whatever, and, and he, you know, yeah. he's got some personality to him. So should we, should we kick it off with the biggest story there, R.A.? Yeah, man. Uh, Nate Schmidt got fucking walloped. Uh, supposedly, not supposedly, he did fail a drug test. It was apparently a billionth of like a milligram, some ridiculously small number. Uh, for some banned substance, there's a lot of mystery around it. Nobody seems to know, but he got 20 fucking games, which a quarter of the season, a little bit under a half a million. Wait, do we say a half a million in salary? And it's got to be just more under, that. yeah. That's it. it sounds light. That sounds light. Either way, uh, I don't know what his appeal process is right now, but guys, what, what could it have possibly be? I mean, you guys just played under the similar contract. What could, could only be a billionth of that is going to get you that long of a suspension? Well, I don't think I don't know if you've seen Witt's body. So asking him performance <laughs> enhancing uh, drug questions might be a bit off topic, but uh, we'll, we'll give, give it a shake. Witt. What do you got? Uh, yeah, you know, when I was drinking uh, milkshakes and uh, putting um, whole milk in my Reese's Puffs before pregame, for pregame meals, <laughs> I, uh, I was very worried at the time there'd be a billionth of – no, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I read his – first of all, his uh, statement he released through the PA, he was furious. I don't yeah, blame was- the guy. I mean, he, he has, like, scientific proof proving that – I don't exactly remember what the the guy Can said. Can I chime in? Yeah. They said it was it'd be like a grain of salt in a swimming pool. Yes, yes, that, that was the exact analogy I couldn't think of. And so I'm reading this and I'm like, what is going on? And I don't understand is there no first strike warning? Is that not how there's not there's I thought like baseball, isn't baseball you get a you get a slap on the wrist or maybe it's like 
a shorter amount of games. No, I think first offense in MLB is 80 games, and then Ooh. after that it's a season, and then after that it's lifetime ban. So they're a little no more way of there, There's no way of – I'm kind of asking you, Biz. I mean, uh, is there no way they can they can look at it and say, oh, my God, like there's nothing, there was nothing in it. And he said it was all stuff that his team had told him was okay to take. Yeah, the, the team's backing him as well. They'll, yeah. they'll, the night the, the night said the team. Well, you know, we strongly disagree with the suspension, man. It's it's something. It's it's fucking weird, man. It's a weird thing that, yeah, like you said, was if it's his first time, twenty games, and uh, you know, a billionth of a of a whatever. Maybe they don't care no how game. little of it. It must just be if it's in there, you're fucked. It doesn't matter that it's a grain of salt in the swimming pool. I'm I'll swimming I'll pool. say this. Usually, I I read statements and I roll my eyes. I read his and I was like, shit, man. I'm kind of on the fence about this. Uh, what leans me toward his favor is the fact that he said he was taking all the supplements that the team had been giving him. And, and I also uh, was reading on Twitter about it. Someone said so some of these products that are being made that even though they're NF certified and, and what is it? NFS, yeah, NFS certified, they're, they're being made that. over overseas most of the time in China. And they're made in the same factories as other products that aren't, NSF certified and and so sometimes some of it can get mixed in for the amount of dosage that he had it seems as if though he he wasn't taking this to, to benefit uh health wise and and performance wise where it was something that probably just got snuck in there that he was taking and and I mean a lot of people go to the excuse hey I, I've been taking the same stuff forever and, and it doesn't have anything illegal but I don't know if I, for some reason I kind of lean towards his favor yeah, and I remember it kind of brought me back to when, when I was playing, people would always say, oh, do guys, guys use steroids, guys use performance-enhancing drugs. And I, to this day, I, I said, I don't think so. Not that I knew of. None of the guys I was friends with certainly weren't. Maybe, I mean, there was a guy on a team here or there, but and everyone, they, people never believed me. They're like, yeah, right. Oh my. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, unless I'm completely moronic and don't know anything that's going on in the locker room, I'm telling you, my friends and guys I know real well have never even touched anything illegal. I mean, maybe – I mean, I guess if you're doing like Rogaine or something like that, that can kind of pop up. Didn't that happen to uh, Jose Theodore or something like that? I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. But either way, I just never saw performance-enhancing drugs in hockey. What about Adderall? Was that um, Adderall in hockey? That wasn't even big then either. I was taking it maybe if I was going out. This is not to discredit. <laughs> this is not to discredit other no, sports, right, no. <laughs> but you know you find it. I think a lot in baseball and football for the simple fact is they rely so much on strength and, and in short spurts. Where I would consider hockey more of way more mental than than other uh, those other sports, other than maybe a quarterback in uh, in football. So you know you're going out there. It's all reactional. A lot of guys aren't really trying to gain the edge physically that much more where in football you see it so much because man if you have a good combine that means from going from third round to first round yeah or or just being that much stronger and faster i mean christ plays last about four to what four to six seconds in the nfl you're it's it's all about straight power 100 so, that's a good point I, it, it, and, and of course i mean i would say in the culture of hockey it's just i mean there aren't as many people just taking a uh, human growth hormone or steroids I think on a, on a level compared to other major sports. Yeah, that's, also, that's my also, opinion from being involved in hockey. Th this is a good time. Just quickly, I want to throw out, if anyone knows, like, I want to get HGH now. I want to be on HGH. I've heard it's expensive. Like, Biz, do you know anything about that? Any listeners? Can you help me out? What do I do for that? Can you so, do it legally? 
Yeah, you can get higher grades of HGH. So I have an Asian buddy out of Vancouver. What do you mean? Low, where are the lower grades? Where do you? How? Well, no, just for like clean. It's like you, you get you can you get good wine or bad wine. You know, it's just oh, okay. cleaner. Well, it's filtered. There's less side effects. You're you're getting more trusted stuff. Uh, he basically said you can lift like twice your max in a day. You're not feeling sore. The I next heard day. you're never sore. But he said he said he could go out and crush drinks all night, and he would wake up not hungover. He said his skin cleared up. He said there were a lot of benefits from it. Of course, you're always going to deal with long term issues. They, I think it grows your your insides as well. Really? Well, yeah. I you're, thought it I think, was like healthy. Like if you if there's a certain amount that you take that your body doesn't produce, and it like can be very good for you. Uh, no, I, I mean, I would recommend if you just want to work out more and get back in shape, like testosterone shots are, are, are way more legit. Okay. But uh, as far as HGH, man, you just, you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. And of course, everybody's body's different. You're going to react differently. Some people won't be as affected by it. Some other people's it might fuck up their kidneys in no time. So, I mean, I don't know. All right. What do you think about it? <clears throat> yeah, I don't think PEDs really help hockey players. I agree with you, Biz. I think that you guys are in such a special... Recovery, life. though. Recovery, it could. It's yeah, it's well, one thing. Maybe, I'm, okay, HGH, I'm, I'm probably excluding that. I'm talking about, like, steroids. I would, I would guess that's what you were talking about a minute ago. But I, that's not something I ever associated. Oh, do steroids become a good hockey player? It's like, no, because you are, it's such a unique skill you're already doing. Like, that's not going to enhance it. There's no way that's going to make you play hockey better. By Well, there are steroids. cardiovascular ones that help you as far as your fitness level. Uh, Anna Kornikova. Is it? No, not Anna Kornikova. Who's the other one? The other, the other Russian. Sharapova. Sharapova. She was taking it forever. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel bad for this Schmidt guy. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who would cheat. And then it's pretty, it's pretty tough to fake your, your, your anger. And you could sense it in that letter. He was pretty yeah. riled up. Well, yeah, he, you do feel, feel for a guy. Because, I mean, apparently it's somebody else either fucked up or he just wasn't told something. And you don't think like a billionth of fucking a, mill, uh, a milliliter, whatever the hell it was, tiny, tiny specimen is going to fuck you like that. And now people are going to label him as a cheater. And he really didn't fucking cheat. He didn't willingly like cheat the game. Well, we don't know that. We just believe well, that. He I did. believe. I, I, yeah, I'm like, I, because his statement was so furious that, you know, I think there's something to it, you know. It's funny. I will say, um, I'm assuming he'll take this as a compliment. Maybe not. But right when I saw Nate Schmidt busted PED and I hadn't read his statement or anything, I was like, whoa, that explains a lot. That guy's an animal out there. He's never tired. He's flying up and down the wing. And then I read, I was like, oh, okay, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. But still, I feel like that would be a compliment if somebody thought I was on steroids because I was that good. Sounds like I need to put a grain of salt in my swimming pool. Fucking let's rock and roll, yeah. buddy. Get Adam Oates on that phone and we're now oh, back in the NHL. Ball. Maybe he's on the Eagle boys, boys, speaking of, I know you guys, Yandel laughed at me, so fuck that guy. I am, I'm going to go three months, no booze, and I'm going to get back in shape. I'm Are making you? a fucking comeback. Are you? Uh, okay. We, we, I, well, I, have, I have friends who do, like, I've tried doing that. I just... I, lo- I love having, like, beers here or there. I still I try to go to the gym. Cool. My body's terrible. I don't, I'm not looking for it to be amazing. So I don't ever want to not have a couple drinks for three months. Right. But so here it is. is, is uh, I'm trying to take this podcast to the moon with you guys, and it's the mental clarity that I've been enjoying. And I haven't drank a, a sip of alcohol for eight days now. I'm going to wow. go 14 weeks till the end of November. And boys, I've been way more productive. I've, I've been on that CBD stuff, you know, and, and the mental clarity is there. And, and, and it's also a body thing, of course, but uh, 
boys, I've become a little bit reliable on alcohol too. Every time I go out, a couple drinks here, a couple drinks there. I mean, all of a sudden I'm smoking my weed pen. The one thing I will not give up is the marijuana. And, no, because uh, that's 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 a fucking psycho thing. Like, if I if they didn't have marijuana, man, I'd be on fucking benzos because I need something to relax, man. And, and exactly. Yeah, but half the time you're you're high, you're you're not nearly as relaxed as you were before. So imagine <laughs> how bad. No, no, man. That's just because I get I just get a fucking. Crazy, oh, it's the tea. It's the tea, guys. Hey, it's yeah. the tea. Yeah, really tea it's the tea that fucks me up. It's that I, I got this caffeine tea. I'm buzzing. Speaking of distractions, people were not happy about Seabrook chomping on his gum during last episode's interview. Yeah, people were rattled about that. If you're talking and then, you know, like where people can hear you and you're just chomping on gum, though, like I could I could be listening and be like, enough of your fucking gum. Well, it's like R.A. with the breathing on the last couple podcasts with that big (laughs) snout of his. Um, But, boys, uh, some a little bit of defense here for uh, our, you know, the caliber of play in the NHL. We got an NFL guy. Claim and he needs six months and he can crack a squad. Jalen Ramsey, right? Yeah, take us away, all right. Tell us the backstory here. Yeah, well, you know, I, I everybody was chirping, talking online. Oh, what, what do you guys got to say about this? And I looked and I was like, oh wait, it's an NFL cornerback. I'm like, that's how they make their living. They talk shit. They're like wrestlers. Like you can't take anything they say with a fucking. You take it with a grain of salt. Uh, not the one in the swimming pool though. It's just like who cares? Like fucking, I, I could be an NHL player. It's such a in six months. It's such a preposterous statement by a guy who I don't know much about him, but the the type of player a cornerback in the NFL is. It's like a wide receiver. They're just they're cocky. They're arrogant. They talk a lot of shit. So I laughed, man. I was entertained by it. I, I wasn't offended at all. Wait, did you hear about this? Thing. Oh yeah, I heard about it. Um, I thought you were going to go on an NBA rant when, when you heard that one. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned at the cornerback, these guys are the best shit talkers and they don't stop. Right. Richard and, Sherman, and man. He that's why they're taking, at. that's why they're taking all steroids in the NFL. They don't stop yapping the whole game and they're running around. These guys are nuts. Athletically. Do I think he could get maybe as fast as an NHL player and, and physically be able to do it? Sure. Maybe. And, and this guy's a, a huge track star. The, the, the muscle memory as far as skating muscles, eh, I mean, six months, I don't think he can do it. Uh, as far as the mental capacity, man, I played, I played hockey my whole life and I was a borderline NHL guy. I don't think this guy could even come close. I don't think he could play in the East Coast Hockey League and not look out of place. Jalen Ramsey's a moron. He's, he's a <laughs> shit-talking D-back. Dude, you, you know that? What we did, Biz, and what NHL players do is on three sixteenths of an inch. You know the blade on the skate at the bottom that cuts into the ice? It's three sixteenths of an inch. That fucking dummy couldn't even stand on skates in balance. And he's saying in six months, he I, I bet he couldn't learn to skate. And in, in maybe, maybe it would take him a month if he did it every day. He could finally skate. Then you put a stick in his hand, dude. He can't, by the way, he would be playing wide receiver if he had good hands because you know people play wide receivers. D-backs are just wide receivers that can't catch the ball. So <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy is a moron. He's just trying to talk his shit. He's trying to, you know, bring down hockey. All he does is run around a field tackling guys, try cutting back and snapping breakout passes and chipping it off the glass if you're Hal Gill who made a 15-year career out of that or punching somebody in the nose while bouncing on 360 an inch like your biz or get punched in the nose. Fuck that, that more of that one. Um, now, I would say this. I would say the top-end athletes in the NHL would look less out of place than any other athletes playing other sports 
And did that make sense? No, because I think NHL players – imagine like Eberly and Nugent Hopkins and yeah, but you could start an NBA game. <laughs> well, here, okay, so hear me out. It, it would be essentially be like, like Harvard, a decathlon, but with the four major sports. I don't know what you would call the four together. But if, if you had to put – like let's say Crosby. Of course, hockey, he's one of the best in the world. If, if you put him – and it's even count soccer. Or football for you fucking assholes are going to try to correct me. Yeah, um, so if you stuck them in an NFL game, uh, major, uh, MLB, uh, professional soccer game, and what's the other major sport I'm missing? Baseball. Oh, NBA, I, I didn't say – yeah, baseball, basketball, and all of them. I think overall the best athletes in NHL would look least out of place out of anyone else playing all the other sports. Because there's no, no way one of them – uh, like maybe one guy who's in the NFL who could jump on skates and not look out of place in an NHL game. Crosby could line up as a wide receiver. Like he could still sprint and run a route. Yeah. He's probably the same size as Edelman too. Yeah, exactly. And, and I bet you he could be a running back. Well, maybe not with the noggin now, but like, imagine, that, imagine that skinny bitch Durant, like trying to run a route in the, in the NFL. He like, look like Bambi. It looks like Snoop Dogg. He's so, he's skinny. I see Snoop Dogg when he's like, playing hoop. He's like, like, those guys are too tall. NBAers. Although Randy Moss was pretty skinny. Yeah. He was a bad, yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't seven feet. Yeah, that's true. Um, just all we didn't mention yet, the Kelowna Di- Diaries are returning tonight. We have the Shen brothers tonight, uh, Luke and Braden Shen. You went to view them, uh, Biz and Dorelli, both at the same time. And, Good uh, guys or what, fellas? Awesome Pretty interesting. Guys. Great guys. Great interview. They were actually more candid than I expected. Uh, t- told, uh, you know, uh, it was Braden told a great Ray Emery story. And, uh, you know, obviously that was right around the time when he would passed away. And we were just kind of reflecting because we'd both played with him and such an unbelievable guy. And, uh, you know, it's still still heartbreaking, but he, he told a funny story about him, and uh, it was good. That, that'll be the last of our Kelowna interviews. Beautiful house, too, with a gorgeous view, huh, Biz? Oh, the, yeah, the Shens are popping off, man. Did they, they got live dope. together? No, no, uh, Braden's place. They, he did a little reno. It was gorgeous, and then, uh, and then Luke came over. And uh, Edmondson was over as well, so we had, uh, we had uh, a bunch of the boys. So that's it. That that's the last of the Kelowna interviews, huh? That's that's it. And uh, what are, what other topics do we got here? Oh, Ari, oh. you brought this one up last week. The, the um, Toronto sex brothel story. Oh yeah, blame it on me. Uh, yeah, that, that's right too. We still had that one. We didn't get to. Yeah, it's a sex doll brothel, man. Fuck that, man. Like, if you're gonna fuck a sex doll, just do it in the privacy and creepiness of your own home. I usually don't judge what people do their own shit, but why the fuck would you go pay to fuck a sex doll in a brothel? I got some questions about I mean, this. They said they're gonna. There's gonna be six of them there. Six uh, world class sex stalls. I think these are things. Are hot? I mean, I'm I'm imagining they have a smorgasbord. It's probably like the the house that I walked into. United Nations get you little little something, everything, you know. I, I don't know. I what just, do they do? Does a guy just dump a load in one of them, and then and then all of a sudden they come in with the the face cloth, and then it's next guy's turn. They like bend. Then, they like bend the rubber doll over and just get like the shower hose right in there. They're like, "Hold on, we need five minutes for a cleanup session. You'll be coming in right after this, sir." Is there a madam? Is there a madam on duty? Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Sir, uh, yours is running a little late. Uh, we had a big cleanup. This guy had a huge batch shaved up for uh, for Elizabeth, which is the blonde doll." It's like and the you know there'd be some dude who gets obsessed. He's like at the bar. This girl's like, "Hey, you want to go?" And he's like, "Actually, no. I, uh, I got to be up early in the morning." And he just like grabs his uber with the already loaded address of the sex doll shop and you just lay into one of them 
I mean, it's Absolutely. a Mason Derriere for fucking sex dolls. I don't get it. And that's a fucking other Simpsons reference. Toronto's a hell of a city, though. R.A., did you read the full article? I'm so curious to find out if if these guys are, are just a quick cleanup and then and the I next did. They didn't up. really get into the, the, the that part. I don't know if they're oh, talking. They just got into the you know business part of it. They didn't really get into the cleanup aspect. I'm sure there's probably an altern- alternative weekly in Toronto that might cover that or something. But, yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like I said, man, I'm usually to each his own, but, like, the idea of going, you know, one thing if it, they're active women, like, you know, on the Simpsons, the fucking classic Mason Derriere episode I just mentioned. But, but the worst part it. about it, again, <laughs> the worst part about <laughs> it is, like, like, let me say this. Let me say this. If, if, a, if a, a clean guy, well well kept, goes in this place and, and dummy's one of them, like, let's say Whit. <laughs> dummy's the dummy. <laughs> Whit, Whit, Whit's a, he's a classy guy, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so mad going after this guy. But the type of guys going this have like hairy ball sacks, never shaved. They got tendrils. Yeah, they have like dingleberries in their asshole. They got fucking stinky loads because you know they're not oh, mixing in many ooh. fucking vegetables and shit. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, they got those little fumpas. Like, but like the the people that go to these things are sick fucking puppies. Yeah, you think, dude? Yeah, and, and, and man, no could, shit. Yeah, and, and who knows? Plastic and, dolls. Well, the good news is, though, is you're, they're probably not getting many stids because they're not banging regular chicks. Yeah, until so, they go after the guy who's got, like, crabs in his bush, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, what happened to me? I can't <laughs> imagine that story. Like, you go to the fucking the, – hey, the doctor. Like, How'd you get this? Oh, you should probably contact – you should probably contact the girl who gave you these crabs. Is it 50 extra go bareback? Hey, you should probably contact the girl who gave you these crabs. You got to call the fucking place. It's like, oh, it's a sex you, call. It's like what? You got to call the rubber factory in 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 uh up in up in uh what's northern Toronto? I butchered that. Oh, that's what do you mean northern Toronto? Where where are all those lakes? Oh, Muskoka. <laughs> the rubber yeah. factory, Muskoka. There it is. <laughs> Speaking of rules and regulations, uh, Biz, just before we started recording the. Uh, Hockey Hall of Fame announced that they've asked that team, uh, players and people who get their day with the cup to no longer do keg stands with the cup. And uh, I understand why. It's, it could architecturally. It could You look at a 280-pound guy in there, a big dude pressing down. It could potentially cause some structural damage to it. So it's, it's not like, oh, we can't have fun. It's not that type of thing. It's like, uh, no, this could really cause damage to the cup. It's something that really never started till fucking basically Ovechkin did it. So I, I got no issue with it. If, if it can really hurt the cup, then fucking just, you know, don't do it. Just fucking do it. People did for 100 years and drink out of it, like me. Um, I was shocked that this is the first team to do keg stands from the cup. I yeah. couldn't believe that. How is that? How are they the first team? Oh, by the way, y- Yance told me, uh, <laughs> he told me that he's been skating with Ovi at, at the, oh, down in Florida. And, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or whatever, um, they're skating around. Keith's like, how's your weekend over? He's like, good, good. Uh, I got the boy. I got the boy. And he's <laughs> like, oh, oh. And he's like skating around. He's like, like, I did two laps. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, Ovi, what do you mean you got a boy? He's like, my wife, you know, boy. We get boy. We get boy. She gave birth to boy. <laughs> I got boy. I got boy. I got boy oh. this weekend. Man, how is he not more fluent in English? He's been over here forever. I don't. He, they don't care, eh? They just don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, like, I, I would. I would be the same exact way because I would. It would get you out of interviews. It would get you out of anytime you're in trouble. You're just like, oh, uh, uh, I didn't know. I don't. I'll know. say this about Gino. I, oh, I know that. 
Gino would turn the on and off switch, man. Oh, if yeah. you were having a conversation that he was intrigued about, he'd be like, well, according to my hot pockets, <laughs> and, and you'd be, you're like, who the fuck gave this guy an English major? And then if it's an interview, he's like, oh, no speak English. Yeah, no, no like, Gino, like, what are you talking about? I just fucking heard you talking English in the weight room. You're we talking about crushing puss. Like, Gino, you were well, just, He wasn't talking you, about He was just in, intrigued by our stories. You're reading a Matt Christopher book, dude. What are you talking about? You can't. <laughs> Biz, go, I mean, it's going back to your point. It's probably been done before, even though it's not really a keg stand because you're just kind of like lapping out of it. But I just think the social media and the fact that Ovi did it in public, I think that really brought fucking awareness. It's probably been done some to some extent before. It just wasn't blown up. And everyone, now once he did it, everybody's got to start doing it. And like you say, you know, as a guy who's potted with the cup three times after, uh, after cup wins, you know, I don't want to see anything happen to it. I don't have to don't worry about it, Wit. But uh, was yeah, you ever. Phoenix is never win one. No, no, I well, no, I wouldn't get the trophy though. I wouldn't get to bring it home. I'm a fucking radio. I'm the backup. Oh, radio. I feel like they would get it for a day. No, the backup. No, you get a ring. You get a ring. You get a yeah. Ring. They'd probably give it to me just because they'd ask me to fucking tweet about it. Like, hey, you'd wear that ring shirt. every day, dude. You'd be Not that a, guy. Buddy, I got a Calder Cup ring. You ever see me wearing that? No, buddy. No, keep that in the, the fucking minors. safe. What are you talking about, man? It's harder to win a Calder Cup. Wits, Wits, you have a. Um, do they give you a ring for one in the Eastern Conference, Wits? Back in 08? No, they give you a little mini uh, trophy of the Eastern Conference trophy, which I lost. No, the only the NFL gives the, back up. The Wales trophy. Yeah, I lost the top of it. Oh, uh, but, but what I was asking, Wit, is would you ever eat out of that thing? I just feel like it's so cliche. Yeah, and, well, and all so, these other guys are spitting and. No, worse than no, other things you've eaten. I think the. Um, no, that's true. I mean, I'd, I'm more likely to eat out, eat out of one of those dolls than I am the cup. But I, <laughs> but I think that, I think that the, a lot of people have been eating cereal out of there and stuff. They must give it a complete scrub down before oh, they chuck some Captain Crunch. I hope there. so. Imagine what they did like the 70s and 80s to it. Probably hit like a oh, ball. I know like what they did in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I know what they did too. They used it as a big bowl of friggin' blow. Probably, <laughs> probably that's allegedly. And then yeah. they were ripping it up at parties that didn't didn't shut down for 24 hours. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, hey, for, the, uh, for the bowl of coke reason. There's a um, <laughs> there's an awesome documentary coming out. I think about oh, Grant yes. Fear. Did you see that? The making of Coco, yeah. I mean, uh, they actually reached out to us. I meant, I met, I met the reach out to Biz. We got invited to go to the premiere, but obviously, you know, we can't all make it to Toronto. But Paul, I can pass the information along to you if you if, actually, you know, you're going to be busy in Arizona. They did invite us to the premiere, but it's just something September 11th, and it's the same guys who did the Ice Guardians. That's right, too. Yeah, and then so the, they, they're buzzing. They got yeah, some good Ice stuff. Guardians was phenomenal. I bet you this one will be just as good. I still but, haven't seen it. I was in it. What? Really? You yeah, haven't watched I, it yet? No, I haven't seen it, guys. Oh, it's so I, good. I'm the worst. I don't watch any television. I don't watch anything either. either. Hey, uh, I'm kind of rattled, Biz. Every time we record, but it's 8.16 right now, but for you, it's just 5.16. You have, like, so much of the night left. I'm pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I love being on the West Coast for that reason. You have, like, your whole, like, day ahead of you almost still. Well, I got yoga after this. Just, uh, really? just trying to, dude. I'm, I turn into a fucking loser. I'm doing yoga. I'm you're not such drinking. like a you're such like a crunchy like West Coast pussy. West Coast biz, man. <laughs> hey, that's like, go ahead, Dari. You like the yoga? No, that's it. actually Tim Thomas got into it like right before he went. He went on his cup run. He fucking swore by it. So no word of a lie. Signed up on. Uh, I think I went Saturday morning for the first time. That hot yoga. I've done a few before in the past. This one was ninety minutes. 20 minutes in, I was lying down on my mat. I did, to- I did a couple Bikrams at one point. That's first what it is. That, dude, those people are so weird. 
Uh, they, I thought they were the weirdest people. Like, if you do Bikram, you're a weirdo. I bet we have no Bikram listeners to this podcast. So <laughs> Let's what, put it yes, this way. The, the dude got in trouble for, like, sexual harassment and shit, didn't he? Who? Whoa, they just who? stuff you in a room, and it's, like, 150 degrees. You're sweating your balls off. And then you got everyone else, like, next to you leaking all over you. I'll say this. You're, you're dealing with a very granola and positive bunch. I walked in. And I, I got there early because I had to sign up. And this one lady was talking to the lady at the desk. And she was, like, just happy and giddy. They just finished a class. And she talked to her for, like, 10 minutes about her, like, like her life. And this lady, you could tell she's like, oh, my God, put a goddamn bullet in my head right now. Because she has to listen to all these positive people come in. They just, like, talk forever. And finally, I had to be like, hey, do you, like, do you mind if I sign up for this class? You've been talking for fucking 10 minutes and I haven't even acknowledged my presence. Like, 10 minutes talking to the, the checkout lady. That's fucking absurd, right? Yeah, and you know Am I crazy here? You know people are waiting to talk to her and you're talking to her about your fucking dog and like how he's doing better because you're giving him cbd oil coming from your hot <laughs> yoga class where you sweat all over somebody and probably had a disgusting granola bar after. yes and and 50 of the conversation does involve their pets and like as much as i love my dog packer i ain't fucking talking for 10 minutes about him to someone isn't there a wicked lot of fighting in yoga too a wicked lot of fighting that was the most <laughs> ghetto sentence a wicked lot of fighting <laughs> isn't it um, not? Isn't it, don't people like just kind of fucking no, drop bombs endlessly? Rip far. Is he, what are you talking <laughs> well, well, about? I will say you get put in vulnerable positions, and sometimes you're 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 concentrating on other things where you're not uh, controlling your gas. Yeah, it happens. Right. It's not like people are caught like people not like wits. Like hey, here comes another one. It's like it's like well, they slide, they kind of slip out. You can't help it more. You're right. There's a wicked lot of them. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough sentence, though. I haven't uh, taken yoga boys, since fucking college. There's um, a couple, couple more of our uh, our reoccurring guests. <laughs> or I guess was Hannafin a first timer when he came on? When we were in Boston. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that he was, was his first time. Oh yeah, I'm fucking- rich. I'm rich, bitch. And who's even richer? Our boy Blake Wheeler. Blake so Wheeler. take it away here with the contract sizes, RA. Uh Blake Wheeler, man. These are what the third. Guess we, after Tom Wilson, Blake Wheeler, now Hannafin, and that's three guys to get paid since they've, they've been on the show. Wheeler, five years, 41, 41.25 mil. That's an 8.25 AAV. That's a big ticket. Noah Hannafin, six years, 29.7. Uh, he's 4.95 AAV, just under five million. Uh, so three and three guys, three names still unsigned RFAs. Josh Morrissey, William Nylander, Donnell Nurse. They may want to come on the show and, cash in after because that seems to be the theme lately but how about wheels man eight point fucking two five so i'm assuming wheeler has one more year left this year on his past deal and then yeah. the five years kicks in yep. i will say this uh maybe a maybe a minuscule overpayment but the fact that they got him for five years that's a perfect term length i think that's a great deal for both sides and of course when you're going less in term you're gonna you're gonna have to bump his salary up a little bit but great deal for both sides he's a, a great human being and and i wish him nothing but the best because he got paid he's a premier like top five ten point score in the league now i don't think he's overpaid that's i mean that's the market if you're saying sagan should get 10 million a year i mean at eight point whatever he got is right where he should be right but i'm basing that on the fact that he's at the point in his career where he his his physically he may be breaking down and that's why i think that listen is he worth how old that? is he what is he 32 he's, he's I would 32 s- 
Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. You see where I'm coming from? But nonetheless, he's worth everything he got paid. It's just I think that they gave him probably an extra, I would say, three to $500,000 a year based on the fact they didn't have to give him that extra six year. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, he could have technically got, what, seven, eight years from them? So I, I think also, too, I, I mean, he's 32, but he, yeah. he, didn't start, he didn't start playing pro hockey at 18 either. He finished, you know, he finished college, and he was a bit of a late bloomer. I mean, when the Bruins trade him, people – finished college? Uh, he did at least – I mean, I'm sorry, three years he did. He didn't oh, okay. I, no, I, I, didn't, I was like, did he really? Even though th- three years is a decent amount. I mean, that means he wasn't in the NHL until probably 22. Yeah, 22, so – maybe. He was, I'd call him basically what I'm saying. I guess he's a late bloomer, but man, he's turned out to be quite the fucking bloomer. I mean, with last year, 23, 68, 91 points in 81 games, man. That's, that's fucking top level stuff right there. Yeah. And in no way was that an insult as far as a lot of miles on the tire with him. I mean, he's played just under 800 games. So, I mean, typically when guys hit over a thousand, like they start deteriorating. I mean, it's oh, just I mean, fucking yeah, you know, science. No, right. part of it. Before that, before that. Yeah, well, but, but, but he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, and I, I'm pretty sure he trains hard. So I, I, I'm glad that they kept that core group together. You know why? Because uh, that Central is a fucking dogfight, and they just beat the wheels off each other all season, and that's when the fucking Arizona Coyotes are going to swoop in. And I'm going to get the my old, fucking ring old. wet, and I'm going to wear it every goddamn fucking podcast. I'm going to show it in your face, and I'm going to be doing fucking keg stands with that cup when I get a bitch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually wear just my Speedo and my cup ring to my Bikram classes. <laughs> I'll be farting in everyone's faces. Cup, cup and farts throwing on <laughs> people's faces. Uh, boys, what did Hannafin get? He got uh, six years, 29.7 for a just under $5 million annual, average annual value. I texted him. I go, congrats, man. You're so rich. He's like, ah, thanks. And then he was also, he was in Florida. A bunch of them were there. Austin Matthews, guys. He, he's willing and wants to come on Chicklets, boys. We're going to get him. He's a big fish, and it's now just a matter of time. Oh, yeah? I'll text him because I want him on. And uh, now that Lou's I'm going to read you the exact conversation I had. Ooh. I'm going to read you this Bring conversation. I like this. And I'll, uh, I'll leave out anything. Let me pull up this text. <laughs> um, okay. Yo, Wit, it's Noah. I'm at a camp in Tampa. Matthews is my roommate. Said he wants to do chicklets bad. Not a bad guest for you, pigeons. I guess he told Biz, but got breezed by him and never heard back. What? Yeah, dude. So then- guys, 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 guys. I have been telling you for weeks that we, I want to get this guy on the podcast. Uh, that's why I was wondering what's going on here. You've got to keep in mind. I asked him to come on, and he said, yeah, he would talk to the PR guy from the Leafs. He's a high echelon player. I don't want to be bugging him every week if we're not prepared going into this interview. Okay, if anything, I'm going to start harassing him now. Fuck, I'll, be, I'll tweet out his fucking number. I said, I go, Biz would breeze Tiger Woods. He's a mutant. Tell him we need him, but we don't need him doing one of his TSN Sportsnet not saying shit type interviews. <laughs> we need him loose and relaxed. Yeah. Minimum. I got, one I got confirmation. Story. I got confirmation. I'm not going to say exactly what was said, but he said Matthews will be on his game. He's in. He's a Chicklets fan. So we got Austin coming up. Nice. That'd be like, that'd be like foreplay getting like 
I don't know, it's Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepka, like a legit superstar, which they haven't. So, Chick, let's thank you. I, 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 I love everything about Matthews, man. He, he's perfect for Toronto because he's got that fucking swagger and he's filthy. Where, and he embraces the, like the social media stuff. I like how he pushes the edge with that. For a guy of his status, he's, he's a little aggressive on, on Instagram. I like it. He's following girls left and right. Oh god, I fucking love him. He's a oh, stallion. Yeah. I still got a bunch of a, a bunch of people to follow too, man. I gotta I gotta add him. I think I slid into his DMs early, like early when Ooh. we started Chicklets. No, because he said, yeah, he said years ago he'd come on, and then I don't know, just never happened until now. Until we got Widow on board. By I the way, got him when he was on the Junior Roadrunners in Phoenix. When he was <laughs> 15. <laughs> no, that's going to be awesome bringing him on. But in the meantime, we do have the Shens uh, from the last – this is actually the last segment of the Kelowna Diaries that uh, boys Grinelli and uh, Biz did back – what? how long ago was that? August? When was that? July? How Jeez, long ago did it? That, that felt like Honestly, ago. Seriously, man. I felt like we were down in New York fucking seven years ago, but it was only May. So, anyways, we're going to send it to you boys and the Shen brothers and uh, off to see the wizard. This interview is brought to you by Quip. When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Especially when you're getting older, things start falling apart on you. You definitely want to take care of your teeth as you get older. That's why Quip's been great for me. It's the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric brushes. The guide and pulses alert you when to switch sides. Makes brushing the right amount effortless comes with the mount. You can suction right in your mirror. It unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether you go to your gym bag, your carry-on. It's great. It's nice and easy. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip subscription plan re- refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is also backed by a network of over a th- I'm sorry, over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students, most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash chicklets right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash chicklets, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash chicklets, C-H-I-C-L-E-T-S. Welcome back to another special, very special edition of the Kelowna episodes, uh, or interviews, I should say. Today on that episode, we have Braden and Luke Shen, the boys, the Shen boys. Yeah, thanks for having us on. I've been waiting to get on here for a while in Arizona, and you just never really well, we had did time. A, we did a road tripping with Biz. We did, which was awesome. But this we is didn't, my first time. I'm excited. I was very first excited. I was excited you. for the All-Star. You know what? You should have grabbed him in St. Louis instead of Keller. That road trip into the biz with Kells might have been the worst one I'd ever seen. He's, a t- he's, he's getting better. I did him at the NHL Awards. Okay, that cool. was my second time there. And uh, <laughs> I was touching on your All-Star nomination this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Is that your first one? It's my first one. Yeah. In yeah. professional hockey. Yeah, or anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're one behind me now. Of course, I was a two-time <laughs> ECHL All Star. I think everyone on the planet knows that because I mention it every interview. But uh, let's. Uh, I guess let's start out uh, in childhood. You guys were born in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Did I say that right? Nailed it. Nailed it. Boyd Gordon gets a little weird if you say Saskatchewan wrong. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's exactly. I mean, what? What's the the cheesy Saskatchewan joke? It's 
uh hard to spell but easy to draw because it's just like a rectangle basically <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say is that a saskatchewan joke yeah, yeah. i mean that's the first time i've heard it so <laughs> i've heard it numerous times and trust me people will tweet at you and let you know whether you're right or wrong when you're on our Twitter. podcast so you'll you'll be prepared for the backlash <laughs> if you were wrong now, uh, you guys had both great junior careers. Uh, you got to spend your time in Kelowna, which is where we are right now, played for the Rockets. That must have been a time. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, the bat, the Bantam draft in the Western Hockey League works where it's different than the, oh, I think you get drafted at 15 there. Here yes. we get drafted at 14. And I uh, wasn't, you know, sure where you end up. And Kelowna's probably, you know, as good as it gets in junior hockey anywhere. So I was and, pretty lucky. And they just won a, a, a Mem Cup recently before that correct uh with cam paddock and those yeah, yeah, guys yeah, they were hosting the yeah the year the year uh i got drafted they were hosting that year yeah so great see? great research there by you yeah cte is slowly <laughs> coming in on me I, i've been fighting it off a little bit but yeah. uh and then you played in brandon, brandon. I, wa- I wanted to play in Kelowna uh, back in the day we wanted to play together and uh it's funny we laugh about it now um i got drafted to brandon they were the only team that didn't talk to me before uh, the WHL draft, they ended up picking me, and uh, just because they kind of knew, I think I wanted to go to Kelowna. So we laugh about it now with Kelly McCrimmon, who's uh, now the GM of uh, uh, or assistant GM of Vegas, and it's uh, it's funny now though. Um, looking back now, it could have been a better spot for me. I played with Scott Glennie and Matt Calvert. Uh, Glennie was eighth overall the Dallas, and obviously Calvert just signed with uh, Colorado there. So uh, it worked out well for me, and it was a great place to play. Did you guys make any long runs in the WHL playoffs? Uh, we went third round back-to-back years. We hosted the Mem Cup one year. Uh, we lost to Calgary in uh, the third round, and then uh, we ended up making the Mem Cup final, but uh, got uh, beat 8-1. I f- okay, so that's a weird rule about the, the I guess, yeah. the for the Memorial Cup. I feel even if you're hosting it, if you don't get past the second round, you should not be able to go to the Memorial I know, Cup. Wasn't it Regina this year? Didn't they lose out in the first, first round? round yeah. Yeah. They had, like, I think it was, like, 45 or something 60 days worth like no hockey and they were just practicing and, and did they end up winning it they lost were they in the finals yeah, they lost in the finals yeah, they, they lost in the finals so like it's imagine cr- they win, win the memorial cup and that happened you, last year in the ohl didn't it not oh a team that lost out in the first or second round ended up winning the memorial yeah, cup yeah yeah, yeah I, I, just, I know it's just it's weird do you think that they should implement a rule where if you don't get past at least the second round that you should be you should forfeit your your home your home field advantage <laughs> and, and let the next best team from what that do you think because like you know you're hosting, so obviously you load up on players yeah. at the deadline, and you know you trade away all your young draft picks, and then it's like, boom, you're done in the first. But you're like, oh, it's okay, we can still win the Memorial Cup. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go on a two week heater. Yeah, let's say you know maybe hit up yeah, spring yeah. break. And, yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Go to Cabo for a couple of weeks and come back, check in, and like just you know with stay in shape, whatever. Great tan, feeling good. <laughs> yeah, you know, basically did a, a full summer. Okay, so one thing I, I don't understand is the mm-hmm. WHL Bantam draft. Are you able to play at, let's say, 15 if you are, are maybe exempt or, or they feel you're ready to go? I don't know when's the last time it's happened in the I WHL. I don't think there's ever been an exemption in the WHL. I think, that you're, I think the rule is you're allowed to play five games as a call-up. And then once your, your junior team or your regular team loses out in midget or whatever, if you get knocked out of playoffs, you can join the team for the rest of the year as an underager. So, like, if you lose out in right whatever March and kind of like how the AHL is yeah. with junior prospects. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, fourteen is pretty early to get drafted, and kids starting trying to commit, and you know, it's there's obviously a lot of different things with college eligibility, and you know, it's 
crazy rules, I guess. But Well, there was a few guys in the OHL who they exempted early on. Jeff Doyle was a guy I played with in North Bay who got exempted and got to play at 15. And I think they stopped doing it after Jason Spezza and called it the Jason Spezza rule because he was a double underage and uh, obviously went on to have a very successful career and even dominated when he was 15. But I think Taveras and McDavid got it too. Correct. And afterward, they were like, these two kids are just too good to keep playing against Bantam kids. They're just, you know, 300 points a season might be a little excessive. But you never got exempt? I I didn't. Really? I was just, okay, what were you drafted in the the Bantam draft? Uh, 20th. Overall, yeah, yeah, but you were probably taking steroids out in Saskatchewan, <laughs> yeah, Saskatoon, exactly. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. What were you, what did you go? Let I me would, guess, twentieth, no, <laughs> ninth. Okay, so he, ninth. so you got the edge. I got and, the upper edge early. Yeah. So I guess we go to go back to junior for the edge because fast forward, both you guys back to back years were drafted fifth overall. Of course, Luke first. You're a late birthday though. You're an eighty nine, yeah. correct? Yep. Yeah. And you're a 91. Yeah. But because you're a late birthday, it was back-to-back years, fifth overall. That's wild. Yeah, it was crazy. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't really sure, you know, obviously you, you never know where you're going to end up. But for me, you know, it all kind of worked out. And then the following year was actually more interesting and nervous for me. But I remember, you know, Brain was ranked kind of anywhere in that whatever – three to seven, eight spot, like a lot of guys are, you know, kind of in that pocket, I guess. And I remember it was Atlanta had the fourth pick, LA had the fifth pick, and actually the sixth pick was Arizona, and they took OEL. Wow. Same year, but nice I remember. Pick. So nice pick, thank yeah. God that yeah. LA stepped up and got you. Yeah, but, but in, uh, the, the was it the morning of the draft? Brian, yeah. Brian, yeah. Brian Burke came up to us and uh, in the morning he told Braden that, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to make you in the blue and white tonight or whatever and trade up or whatever because they had the seventh pick. And then it ended up not working out and he never got the pick. And so we thought we were actually maybe going to play together in Toronto. I mean, we, you, you ended up playing together. We're going to get to that later. But, uh, you know, to talk about going to L.A., you, you guys, I was going to get into it a little bit too. You guys had a little bit different approach where you were drafted to Toronto and you ended up making the team out of camp. And then you went to L.A. and you, you ended up playing a game in your first year. Uh, yeah, so my, my first NHL game I ever played, I was actually playing in the Subway Super Series in Victoria. And the Kings were playing the Canucks in Vancouver the next night. Instead of calling a guy up all the way from Manchester all the way to Vancouver, they found out some rule where I could, uh, I think I signed an ATO. And was I, like an, wasn't it like some emergency recall or something like that? So I, uh, I, got, I flew to Victoria to Vancouver. I uh, didn't even know I was playing that night. I had to make sure it can all go through because I was getting called up from junior. And uh, flew my family in. Actually, at about 4 o'clock, I got to the rink. I signed the paper. I knew I was playing. And, uh, yeah, I played my first game, uh, kind of coming out of junior. And I remember, it's funny, Matt Green, he uh, – I mean, I didn't have a – I didn't even have a contract. I didn't even sign yet. So, uh, Matt Green, he's like, hey, kid, he goes, you going to put money up on the board? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, the head coach in Vancouver right now, Matt Green? No, no, no. no Matt, Matt Green's Matt, the defense yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, you going to put money up on the board? He goes, you, you'll pay me back in summer once you have a contract. And I was like <laughs> – all right, so I put up a thousand bucks on you. Know, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, thousand! That was, I mean, they made that me. was the going rate for the, fifth the, overall picks. I'm sure they made me so first uh, NHL game. We actually lost that game. We didn't have to pay it. Thank but, yeah, you, yeah, a couple minuses, a, little, a couple buddy passes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it's almost better that way though, so you don't have to like 
take take a uh, I guess the night before sleep and you know you're rolling around nervous about it yeah. kind of just happened randomly right yeah I, I literally I talked to uh, my agent after the game and in uh, Victoria flew to Vancouver the next morning kind of checked in the hotel didn't go I think I went to the rink Western for, Bayshore Western Bayshore how <laughs> good is that pregame meal oh, yeah. that might be one of the best Oh yeah, they had the salmon out, the steak. They got the chicken. Yeah, but probably the only place where the, it's not a, a stock pond salmon, where it's the, oh, no, get the Pacific wild. Rim is the best in Vancouver. Yeah, Pack Rim's nice yeah, too. Yeah, a lot yeah. of hookers in the lobby. You know? We don't need to get into that. But uh, that's a different. That's that's for the retired guys podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The throwback Thursdays or the the, the healthy scratches. Yes. Yeah. Or the guys like me that have to talk about stuff like that to be relevant. Um, one thing I want to talk about was, was the different approaches. Now, was, did you feel that there was a lot of pressure because your brother had been drafted fifth overall and he was able to break right in and then you maybe had a little bit of a different approach as far as took longer to, to maybe develop into what you needed to be as Well, I seen him right away. He came into Toronto. He's playing 18, 20, 22 minutes a game. And I had a good World Juniors the year before. Philly traded for me. I came into Philly, and they were already kind of loaded up. You know, Philly's always spends the cap, and they had guys like, you know, I was a centerman, so their centerman at the time were Drew, Danny Briere, um, who else? They had guys like Wayne Simmons, Jake Voracek, James Van Riemsdyk. So there's a ton of players there. So you kind of had to earn your ice, and it took yes. a long time for me to kind of, you know, coming out of junior, you don't really, first time you ever deal with it playing, you know, 11, 10 <laughs> minutes a night, and then you took me a while to develop and stuff like that but no it uh it worked out in the end of philly but yeah there was a little bit of pressure just because you kind of see how fast he played and stuff like that and, and philadelphia somewhat of an old school organization where they want you to earn your stripes especially when you have guys like that in front of you and it's tough from going like you said from all that ice time and down and having to earn your stripes and now play a role that you're not accustomed to because three years of junior, you've just been lighting it up. You're being, you know, put in every offensive situation, every power play situation. Yeah. You're getting all your touches. Now it's, it's the touches as a player. And I found that from when I went to D to forward is all of a sudden I'm never touching the puck. So when I get it, it's like a fucking grenade. <laughs> right? am, I, am I wrong here? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no question. Oh, and when you, when you do touch it, you're like, Okay, how, how can I get rid of this thing? Well, oh, turning it over. It, it feels like you got bees swarming you. <laughs> yeah. and, and everyone's like, you got time for the bench. You're yeah, just yeah. throwing it away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember, I can't remember who told me, but as a D-man, like a similar sort of like defensive defenseman who you're not exactly, a, you know, a, what do you call it? A puck moving or puck skating defenseman. But when you got the puck on your stick for more than two or three strides, you know, you're in trouble. You're like, okay. <laughs> Who can I give this to if not just of it, off yeah. the glass, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, to go back to Philly, uh, you know, you, you kind of came in your own. And you had a couple, I would say, successful seasons where you, where you were in the 40-point range. Yeah. And then you ended up having a breakout year. Does that, is that finally from, I don't know if it was a coaching change, whether it was finally well, they gave you, put you in the position actually, where you could succeed? Hoxtall came in that first year. And it, I mean, I, actually, at the beginning, it didn't really... Uh, wasn't playing a whole lot and then kind of made a switch and I ended up playing with uh, Drew and Vorchek. So you know how that's going to work out. Just kind of go to the net. and yeah, no, We could put up, me and uh, <laughs> yeah. Luke could put up 50 playing with yeah, those Put guys. the big oh. guys in front. And, and practice anyways yeah. over the year. Yeah. <laughs> Debatable in games. <laughs> we'll count them. Yeah. <laughs> we also did that and then, uh, yeah, I uh, didn't expect to get traded uh, last summer, but oh. it happened. Or two well, summers ago. And it, and it worked out obviously yeah, for the best. I was, on, I was on a little golf trip with, uh, with a few guys and uh, – we're actually golfing up in uh, Newport Beach. and I've uh, heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Spent a couple days there. Ironic that you're headed there now. It is ironic. Yeah, a little we, foreshadow for the next question. Yeah. yeah. We uh, kind of had a few in the morning, went down for a little power nap in the afternoon, woke up, or watched picks like one to five, woke up from 
uh, you know, pick 15 or 20, my phone just started blowing up and says, sure, you know, Ron Hextel was calling and pack your shit. You're going, <laughs> going to St. Louis, right? Love my Commodore <laughs> yeah. reference, pack your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then, yeah, that, I mean, that must've been very surprising and, and you were, were you in a contract year or were you already? No, I, I went to, uh, arbitration, um, uh, it would have been one summer before. Yeah. One summer before. So they kept me for, I signed a four year deal. They kept me for one summer and then shipped me off. And then, yeah, that was, uh, and then going to St. Louis, obviously a great locker room there. Yeah. Awesome. Great guys. Um, you know, the, the guys that are in that locker room, um, you know, Steiner's been there for so long that he just kind of runs the ship, takes control. He's been there for over, I think 10 years. So guys respect him quite a bit. And, uh, you know, there's, there's tons of good guys uh, around that actually, locker room. And- one guy in the locker room is actually laying on the lawn chair right there. <laughs> we, we, the we, right he's going to be a different episode of Joel Edmondson, who, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's getting his tan on right talk now. To him about St. Louis. He's uh, another guy who lives in Cologne on the side of beach access, though, shirt off, you know, never know who's passing by. He's always, he's always <laughs> scoping out the scene. This guy, Joel Edmondson's one of those guys who you look at his body and you're like, how does he so good athletically out there? Cause it's kind of a milk bag body joel have, have you seen, seen him, him? can, can we mean, get him can we get him to stand up yeah yeah stand up stand up he's good maybe maybe it's the the hair and the jean shorts maybe you got that, the wrong joel edmondson yeah <laughs> this guy's got abs well, I guess everywhere it's not bad let's see it stand up for us joel stand up we want to see your six-pack <laughs> oh he's got a sweaty oh wow okay, yeah, he is pretty jacked <laughs> yeah. wow yeah, you got the wrong guy i yeah. thought you were <laughs> testing for peds nowadays <laughs> so yeah well, enough about uh, him and his body. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, you know what? Your research has been good so far, except for Joel, Joel Edmondson's milk bag bod. That shirt was covering it up. But it yeah. didn't do him any justice. He's got to get some Lulu tight-fitting stuff or something. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you we, we, let's go back to Toronto. You know, you played, what, four seasons there? Yep. And then, I mean, the media there is, is out of control. Uh, did that wear on you a little bit? Uh, I enjoyed it, you know, but it's just different, right? Like I, I didn't know any different than the NHL. I mean, obviously, you know, you know that a lot of Southern markets aren't like that, but yeah, Toronto's a different beast when it comes to, you know, how much people care in the media coverage. You know, I, I remember coming off the ice and pregame skates on a Saturday and, you know, you're playing Montreal or New York or whoever, and you can barely even get to your locker room stall because you know it's just covered in media right so it was crazy that way but um it was good it's just you know i would have loved to play in toronto you know like they are now uh, a team that's you know fighting for a playoff spot and we had a lot of years where you know uh or when i was there you know we were kind of not at the top top half of the league i guess so it would have been unbelievable you know to experience that but it's it's definitely uh, an insane hockey market for sure and then uh, fast forward a little bit, then you guys get to finally play together in Philadelphia. And, and I'm sure that was a treat for the parents, save money on flights and uh, maybe stay at your guys' place. Yeah, when we, there. we stayed in the same uh, condo complex. So he just had the the condo a little bit bigger and, and better uh, above mine. So it always go up and there'd be some fresh cooked meals and stuff like that. And he always took it care of me because you were with your your girl at the time yeah were you guys married yet uh no we were engaged the one year but um yeah it was kind of funny because you know your your condo or you know like you said i was about i don't know six or seven floors above and sometimes you'd be, it'd be like going down to the basement it's going down to Braden's place to go play like you know video games down there, watch a hockey that. game or do whatever so it was uh it was awesome though just like driving the rink together every and, you know it was awesome oh I'm, yeah it must have been great and and of, of course we we were talking you know off the mics about uh ray emery we just found out the horrible news and 
and you know such a, a great guy i got the chance to play with him with the ontario rain and and we were just telling some funny stories about you know how he was a bit of a hothead and did things his own way but yeah but everyone loved him you know he smiled it lit up the room and just a, a great teammate yeah. yeah go ahead no i was gonna say yeah you nailed it like unbelievable teammate obviously um you know everyone has stories about ray like if you come across this guy i mean everyone's got <laughs> stories that like just basically go unmatched any other guy you've really played with and um you know everyone a, a lot of his career i guess was seemed like public knowledge a yeah. lot of the off-ice stuff but i just remember one story for us i think we pulled up the stats just before we got on yeah but, you gotta tell this story i loved it yeah so we we i think we went oh and whatever seven in preseason and uh i think coach got fired a few games into the season and then what was well, it? You, we went five. Well, you guys and, started the regular season zero and three. Zero and, and you three. told me Laviolette got fired, and I was I was like, wow, that's pretty soon. That seems like they had it cocked and loaded. Yeah. But then you followed up with, well, we went zero six and one in preseason, and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, that's which, maybe not as bad as I thought. Yeah, which like a lot of people don't put a ton of stock into preseason, but there's this kind of a. Uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, an, an, an energy coming out of training camp where like, okay, hey, we need to, it was like pressure already, which was weird. But anyways, we... Uh, You're like, I'm just trying to get my legs here yeah, and, yeah. And, and we're fighting for a playoff spot yeah. in game one. Yeah, so what was the, what was the start? Three and we were, eight. We were three and eight to start. Three and eight. And then uh, I remember we were playing, I think it was Friday night in in uh, in Philadelphia, getting blown out and Philly fans, you know how they can be in chat and booing oh, they'll turn on you throwing stuff throwing, throwing jerseys on the at ice. santa claus <laughs> yeah exactly so um third period sure enough ray goes in and we play the next night in new jersey so ray goes in. i think they're saving him for that game anyways but you know the score is out of control they throw ray in there's a scrum in the far end and all of a sudden i think wayne simmons starts losing his mind and who's he with Scra- scrapping tom wilson scrapping tom wilson yeah so that kind of breaks out and i'm on the bench brain's actually in the far end scrapping too and i look and all of a sudden ray peels his his mask off and just sprints down to the far end <laughs> i can see Braden hope like basically look out of the corner of his mask at the far end being like oh no this is again and ray just don't make eye contact yeah don't make eye contact i think he took he you know gave it to holtz right away and uh brought him up for another one obviously the refs are off doing their own thing and we're going to new jersey the next night and uh beat them and i think that pretty much turned our season around. Like it was Ray. Stats we just looked at and they said, well, yeah, you sent me it. So nine and four after that? Basically, you know, new school hockey fans and, and maybe media would not like this stat, but you're, you guys are insinuating it rallied the troops. 100%. And, and yeah. you guys were all about it afterward. I mean, here, I'm going to check the, the stats you sent me. So you did start the season three and eight, and then Emery just goes, uh, completely ballistic to get the boys fired up and then in november you guys go nine four and two and then in december you went eight four and two and and, and big credit to ray emery to, to, to wake the boys up and you uh brayden you had to fight one of your junior teammates in yeah that i scrum. fought alex Erbaum. uh ray it was simmons fought first and then ray went down the ice beat up holby and then uh i feel like if your your goalies fight and everyone else so Vinny the cavier fought that uh that line brawl, I fought Alex Urbaum, and I can't remember who the other guy was on the ice. I don't know if he fought or not. I think but Vinny the, broke his hand in that no, fight. No, he broke his jaw. His jaw. Oh, Alex, Alexiak hit him with one and broke his jaw. He's out like six weeks after that. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So, but yeah, Ray, as far as team-wise, like we, we... How loud was that building when Ray Emery went down to the Oh, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was yeah. insane. Like, yeah. you know, and, and people in Philly, Philly I mean, just, if, if you get, if you get like pumped eight, nothing, but there's a line brawl going on, like they're like, oh, these guys, we love them. Like <laughs> they can stay. Let's not trade yeah. anyone. Just a very old school city, very <laughs> yeah. blue collar. Yeah. And you know, I, yeah. I, I love that, that stuff once in a while. We don't need it every night, but it definitely gets the blood going. People oh, talk about incredible. it. incredible. 
And uh, you, you, Braden, had a funny story about when you were early in your career about Ray. Yeah, so and we all know he was a hothead, and nobody shot above his waist in, in practice. So I played with him, I think it was my rookie year, just after that. And then he went to the KHL, and we had no goalies at the end of the year. And so Paul Holmgren signed him for the last, I, think it was like, I don't know if it was like a month of the season or whatever. And <clears throat> after the practice, uh, Jeff Reese grabbed me, our goalie coach, who's now in Dallas. And he goes, yeah, we got to do some shooting after with Ray. So I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem or whatever. Guys kind of leave the ice. And there's probably, I don't know, seven or eight of us left on the ice, a couple forwards shooting on Ray. And uh, the drill was, like, you, you go down the go down the boards, and there's a cone underneath the bottom of the circle, and you had to go underneath the bottom of the circle, either wrap around or, you know, try and shoot the puck sh- short side. Or pop shot. his water yeah. bottle off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it was. Over. So the first time I go down, and I just kind of, shoot it off his ribs and it goes in and i'm like oh like all right like i'm not gonna wrap it around like he's gonna stop it so i'm gonna try something else go back in line a few other guys go and then uh go back and do the exact same thing and i shoot it off his ribs and i can't remember if it went in or not and i kind of go back to the line i look over my shoulder and ray emery's chasing me down <laughs> he slashes me in the back of the legs while i'm grabbing a sip of water and i turn around i'm kind of smiling he goes you think that's you think that's fucking funny <laughs> and i'm like uh no no i'm just kind of do it like i was young i was like i'm just doing what i was kind of been told he goes fucking do it again i'll beat the shit out of you <laughs> so i mean no one kind of knew the mess with ray obviously he's a great teammate and uh he was uh he was tough but you, as can be. you said you said it too though i mean like when he came after we signed him like guys had had him before and everyone's like ray like you're not shooting above his waist in practice nope. right like you have a team meeting yeah you have a team meeting and say boys i just don't shoot above his waist he'll during games he'll stop those ones just yeah. let's let's keep he'll literally the chase you down but like brain brain we were talking about earlier i mean guys were laughing after practice everyone shot like literally well, right he, along the ice you're so scared to even get like to his knee the first, like, is that first time we played him everyone knew what he's about and he came back from the khl and i remember that first practice we were laughing about it after it was like everyone forgot how to race. Like it was like Wormberg, like it's all on the ice just for Ray. Like no one wanted to hit him in the shoulder, hit him high just because you knew it was going to happen. And you know that the, the legend grows when we were playing in Ontario with the Rain LA Kings farm team and we picked him up and signed him to a PTO. And same thing. Everybody was super excited to get him because I'd met him at BioSteel so many right. years and yeah. hung out with him and, and, and had, you know, we'd, we'd been out and had some fun together. And uh, I pre-warned the guys and we had one kid on our team, uh, Horvat, and he, he would, uh, he would shoot it high on him and Emery would stop it and he would shoot it at him at his head in line when they were in the corners. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. but you know, Horvat was a bit squirrely too, so he wasn't coming off him sh- trying to score up, up top. You got so personal. They, they, they would have some battles. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, we can't say enough about how good of a guy Razor is. And he was living at the hotel with a bunch of other guys on the PTO and he would take these guys out to Fleming's every night and, and take care of the bill. Just a, a very generous uh, guy and he'll uh, he'll one, surely be one other thing too we were talking this morning just one more story he always carried a like you know most guys the Louis Vuitton wallet oh, yeah, yeah. yeah just, he still had it he still <laughs> had it most no, guys just carry like a little wallet around like you know you throw your ID in your back pocket maybe a couple couple bucks or whatever and your credit cards and whatever Ray had this huge wallet like Louis Vuitton wallet and oh, yeah. he lost it I mean where did we play them a couple of years he must have lost it like half a dozen times and every time it's like you just lost couple your wallet cash oh, inside. Yeah, couple grand yeah. cash but passport in there every time like I remember the one time we flew from what was it like Dallas to Ottawa and we had to like delay the flight because like he lost his wallet which had his passport in it and he couldn't 
across the that country. That was a great trademark, though. He always had that. He always carried it around. <laughs> yeah. He, so when he came to Ontario, he came right from the airport to the rink. And I came in that morning. We weren't sure when he was going to be getting there. And I came in right to the trainer's room, and there was this big, huge Louis Vuitton suitcase. And I <laughs> oh, was yeah. Like, Razors here. Yeah, yeah, just Louis everything. <laughs> I was actually surprised his pads weren't made of Louis Vuitton, uh, uh, you know, be- bags or whatever. Seriously. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I know he's, he's one of a kind for sure. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm sure we'll have a, a lot more conversations with guys about him. He was a, a very special guy, and uh, very sad to see him go. Um, moving on here, you got, obviously you're back in St. Louis. Uh, that's going to be huge now moving forward. You guys picked up some pretty big boys in free agency. Yeah. Did a hell of a job this summer. I think we're all pretty excited here. Uh, you know, I feel like we're pretty deep, right? With, uh, Winnipeg and Nashville, obviously at the tops of our division last year, you got to be able to, you know, compete with them and did a great job. Obviously Ryan O'Reilly kind of one of those guys that does it all kind of shut down centerman while puts up points. He'll help us a lot. And then, uh, you know, Perron had a, uh, career year in Vegas last year and he can put up some points and bring in a guy like you know Big Maroon and, and Bozak to help us so we're excited and uh, you know I think you know our division just seems so good right now that we kind of have to be right there with them well I think with your core group too you guys have about a you know probably around a four-year window now to yeah. really get things done and you know credit to Armstrong because he's kept that team relevant a long time and and, and made some moves in order to kind of keep the age down and the, and the big big contracts for the those old guys out of there too yeah i think well just from an outsider perspective too like obviously you know that you know they've got some good defensemen too you got big joel edmondson who who's still here (laughs) now he's got his shirt back (laughs) so no but obviously petro and they got a couple of other good young young defensemen too but um parenko that guy's a gazelle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he takes two strides he's down the ice yeah one man breakout that guy pokes but they managed to do it they managed to do it with keeping all their like young prospects too like they they gave up a couple of guys but you know obviously a lot of the guys they wanted to keep like they're asking for like Joel Edmondson. Like Joel, <laughs> Joel Edmondson, Edmondson, yeah. I don't know if he's a prospect, but... Up for a big contract here coming soon, too. He, yeah, I know. He's holding out, eh? What a yeah. piece of shit. I hate yeah, guys I like that. He's played, like, what, a half a year in the NHL? And just, <laughs> Has he even played a full season yet? I know, but just when you talk about you, you want to keep your core group together for the next four years, you got guys asking for too much, you can't do it. Well, you can't do it. <laughs> and, and it's when it's types of guys, like six defensemen getting really selfish. Yeah. And, you know, maybe seventh, like yeah. in and out of the lineup kind of guys yeah. asking for what, five million a year? It's yeah. just like you can't keep the core group. But you can never fault the guy for being too overpaid. No. Never. No. So let's hope his uh, his agent, the Hamburglar, gets it done and then they can keep that core group together. But, uh, Luke, I want to congratulate you. You know, last year probably – a little tough towards the end uh you know you, you were in and out of the lineup with the coyotes and you hit free agency and you're signed within a couple of days with anaheim and, and uh, you know i'm happy happy for you i thought last year going through that tough time you handled yourself extremely well you were the ultimate professional even you know I, i've been there getting bag skated after practice on game days it's a nightmare yeah i know it's it's not easy i mean no one wants to be in that situation but you obviously want to you know try to keep moving forward and be a good teammate and um you know all that and at the, at the time I you know the team was playing well too so they weren't gonna start messing with the lineup which you understand that but obviously it's frustrating and you know everyone goes through ups and downs in their career for sure and lucky enough to uh get another opportunity here and move on to another team and I'm looking forward to the opportunity with Anaheim and you know hopefully that's a good fit and kind of like St. Louis where they got a you know some good young guys but also a lot of great veterans and they're still kind of in that window and you just want to you know help out and hopefully have some success with them. 
Well, we wish you both luck this season, and we really appreciate you uh, taking in, taking us into your home, Braden. It's a beautiful spot on the water. It must be nice, nice to day. Maybe go for a surf later. Did, did escrow get lowered? I think so. How do you afford a place like this? Escrow. Escrow. That's all that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Fuck, man. I got a one-bedroom in Vancouver. I'm just struggling to make the payments, man. Gotta, there's I, no escrow I gotta in the A. I got to do podcasts for hey, my side no, hustle. No escrow in the A, though. That's true. Or in the booth. <laughs> or in the radio booth. That's so, true. Once again, thank you guys. And uh, we're, you know, we're going to continue our Kelowna edition moving forward here with more interviews. But uh, good way to kick it off. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks, Biz. Beauty. That interview was also brought to you by SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simple way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite NHL team. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I've had the SeatGeek app on my phone since I think I went to the Mean Girls concert when we were down in New York. I use it all the time. Pearl Jam was just a Fenway the other day. It's the best thing you could use. A few taps. It tells you exactly where you're going to seat. Your seats are going to be. It's always guaranteed. No BS, no dirtbag scalpers, no handing cash over to somebody that disappears. SeatGeek app is perfect. It finds all the sites. It finds the best prices. Tell you how many tickets you need. It tells you what you're paying. All kinds of bang for your buck. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can do it with confidence. Nobody's going to beat you. It's your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket. I use it for Red Sox, Bruins. Like I said, Pearl Jam at Fenway, man. They had great seats all over the place the other day. Best of all, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code HOCKEY today. That's promo code HOCKEY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. Huge thank you to the Shen boys, not only for jumping on the interview, for being as candid as they were and allowing me and Grinnell to, to use their place to, to bank a couple other interviews. We got Edmondson in there, and did we do a phone one? No, just them. Just those three. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I hope, uh, I hope R.A. and Witt enjoyed their time off while me and Grinnell went and carried the pod on our backs. But uh, That's what I expected in- when you were brought in here. You were that guy. You were our leader. And you, you know what? Horse. And that probably went to more golf time. And speaking of that, what's the latest? What's going on with this rigs oh, thing? Oh, 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 oh! You shall mention. Okay. Uh, yesterday was Labor Day in the United States. It was Monday. Everyone had it off, so I headed on down to TPC Boston to watch the final round of the Dell Technology Championships, whatever it's called. It's the second playoff event. They have it in Boston next year. It's not going to be there, but either way, I had. 200 people asked my buddies that were with me. They couldn't believe it. Fuck Riggs, go wet, Team Whitney, check us, yeah. 200. Dude, dude. I'm not excited. I fucking love our fans, man. I, am not, I was with, I ran into Chris Wagner, Boston Bruins, buddy of mine, and people were, they had no clue who this pigeon Wagner was. They were just like, Whitney, Team Whitney, the fucking cloud. Wagner's like, I'm like, this guy's a little Bruins. Nobody even knows who he is. Let's be a podcast guy. Yeah. Oh, hey, you, uh, you're talking about the Wagner that was in Anaheim? Yeah. Yeah. Great oh, guy. buddy, that Bruins guy is a gonna love him fucking too. Honey runs. Badger. Honey he Badger. A, he f- runs guys. He's not scared to fight. He can play. Yeah, what a great play. pickup. I didn't know they got him. Wow. Yeah, great pickup. Like, you know, can kind of play up and down the lineup oh, from, from around here. 
Dude, fr- local kid, Boston Bruin, and they're yelling at the Chicklets guy to beat that fucking Bozo Riggs. It was incredible. And then I don't know if you guys saw, Riggs has one best friend on tour, Kevin Pisner. <laughs> the guy's their best friends. He's his swing coach. This is legit. He helps Riggs out. His this guy's got a swing coach? I have 150-plus NHL friends. Riggs has one friend on the PGA Tour. <laughs> and they asked the guy, the, the kids that came up to you, they go, we videoed Kisner and asked him who's going to win. And he said you. Oh, no. Buddies ah, with Riggs. He still on. said you. And I was like, you guys are lying. These three kids, they were unreal. They loved it. got shit. posted, didn't it? I was going to guess. what They must have been 16, 17. Uh, I feel bad for Riggs. They were just coming up. They're like, Chicklets, fucking so, a. Any fr- the kid any goes, further? Keep, keep cranking on the pod. What does that mean? Keep oh, I just like I don't know. These kids talk a certain he goes, way. Keep now. cranking keep the up. pod. I was like, I'm gonna crank the pod. <laughs> yeah, I'll right? and, and then away. all of a sudden, so I, those kids told me we got the video. Kisner thinks you're gonna win. Oh, is his only friend on tour? Um, oh, not his only friend. Not his only friend. It's and, his and best piggy- friend on tour. You to piggyback to what you're saying, Wit, is is our fan base is growing. We fucking love you guys. I mean, Wit, you have a private account, but RA, you must be getting tons of DMs now. Before we get to that, I just want to talk to you for a minute about 23andMe. 23andMe, it's a DNA testing service that can offer insights into your ancestry, health, wellness, and traits. The 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service includes reports on how your DNA can influence your weight, your sleep quality, caffeine intake, sense of taste, and whether you're likely to be lactose intolerant, and and even more than that. It's real easy to do. You simply provide your saliva, put it into a tube, and you provide it to 23andMe, you mail the kit back to them, and then they'll give you your analysis. I'm actually, no lie, I'm in the process of doing this myself right now. Uh, I've always been curious about my ancestry. I know I'm mostly Irish, but... Like a lot of families, there's rumors of certain uh, ethnicities that may or may not be in the family. So I'm going to get an answer once and for all. Uh, like I said, I already sent my kid in. I'm going to wait. When the next time we do the ad, I can give you the results. Uh, like I said, if you're a deep sleeper, this tough can look into your, ge- uh, your genealogy, your DNA, and tell you if you're more likely going to sleep late or not sleep late, lactose intolerance, stuff like that. You might want to know about yourself. Me personally, I'm more down with the uh, ethnicity part, the genealogy part. I'm dying to know where I might have relatives from. So... Check it out. It's 23, 23 and me. You want to go to, or, or, go, I'm sorry, order at 23 and me health and ancestry service kit at 23 and me.com slash chicklets. That's the number 23 and me.com slash chicklets. C H I C L E T S. One more time. 23 and me.com slash C H I C L E T S. I can't even fucking keep up, man. All these Dude, fucking fans keep messaging me. I I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up, and I don't want to sound arrogant or anything. It, no, it's impossible no. to keep it and keep on top of them. Like I wish we could. It's like they, I mean, it's great. I try to re- reply to some of them here and there, but it's like overwhelming, man. I mean, I I it, I could I don't remember how long it took me to get ten thousand followers on Twitter. It took a while, dude. It, with Instagram, it happened like overnight, man. It was like boom. You know, obviously. Yes. So anyone that we don't get back to on social media, guys, like don't take offense to it. It's just, it's a little overwhelming. We love you all. I I try to answer like 10 a day, but I I do need somewhat of a life. So uh, we appreciate your support and we'll try to get back to you as uh, as soon as possible. You know what we're going to do? We're going to make Grinelli answer them all. I just clicked on your profile. Rear Admiral, you have 11.4 thousand followers and... I actually wrote something on your piece, your picture of that pizza last night, dude. That pizza, 
looked like it was straight out of a dumpster. Where is that from? <laughs> dude, that was fucking Santapi was doing. That. Oh, dude, you got to learn how to use your fucking camera on your phone, though, to, like, spice it up. If you That's what everyone's – like, Pull it up. I don't, I'm not a big filter. I don't. I'm not a big filter guy. I don't know. I just. I either don't. I just don't use filters. It's like, like two day old pizza that you got. From All right. I. I say don't. Tasted as good as the previous million I got there. What's All right. Like? I. I don't. I say don't change a thing. But I will say this. You know how all these girls know how to work the angles on the phone to make them, you know, their their fucking asses look better or yeah. their modeling shots. You were the complete opposite. Everything you post, I'm like, man, like, did he like fucking try to take the worst angle possible? Did he take that picture with a baked potato? I thought he could look so much better. It's insane. It's it's like he smudges a screen on purpose with his thumb and then takes the photo. But, he gets his uh, thumb in the way. Hey, hey, he'll take a video and his head will be in like the bottom left hand corner. <laughs> It'll just be his eyes and he'll be taking a video and he's like, all right, just fucking center the goddamn camera, man. What the fuck? Being anyway. hotsy fotsy. Anyways, yeah, you guys killed it in Kelowna. Also, a few other names, too. We still haven't dropped uh, Jack Eichel and Noah Hannafin. That's two for one. We haven't dropped McAvoy and Donato, another two for one. And personally, oh, I think yes. I think it's the biggest bomb we have uh, still in the bank waiting is uh, Ryan Reeves. I think that's going to have a nice oh, ripple effect when he up drops. The Reeves interview so bad. Remember what he said? Text you after biz. We'll have to tell him when when we ended up airing it. We can explain how we screwed that up. Brent Sobel. Sure. We got Brent Sobel. Oh yeah, we got Brent Sobel. Oh, oh yeah, that's right too. That was yeah. They did that one after the the Warrior Day. Brent Sobel, unbelievable. We got the ultimate Russian gas story too. It's it definitely takes the cake. And and I guess to finalize, guys, I know we've been telling a lot of like like kill stories and sex doll stories and house and no returns. Ultimately, we want to talk about hockey. It's just there wasn't a lot of hockey to talk about in the last month. The good news is, is we're going to be breaking down every division coming up. We're going to be back to two episodes a week in the th- in the third week of September, uh, leading into training camp. Uh, and we have a ton of g- good banked interviews. We're going to get some more. Adam Oates' assistant reached out to me. He wants to come on the pod. That's going to be fucking Adam, buddy. Adam, Adam's assistant. <laughs> Adam's assistant, like, huge fan, man. I can come on and tell you about Adam. No, no. Listen, I don't know anything personally about Adam Oates. Apparently, he's, uh. he, he loves to chat about it. He wants to come on the podcast. He was, I don't want to give too much away, but basically, on his behalf, she reached out to me, said, we're going to work a time, and, and he's going to come on, and, and we're going to talk about this movement that he's created. He, he's been busy. Yeah. I think she told me, I think he just skated with uh, Eichel. And here, let me, let me pull it up. That'd be um, fucking dynamite, man. He's standing with Eichel and Reinhardt on, on Tuesday of next week, and then he's flying to Winnipeg, so it might be a little tight for next week. But we will try to interview him at some point next week. I believe he's flying to Winnipeg, but you mentioned it already. He, he's been helping out uh, Shifley uh, for, forever. And fuck, man, he's a top 15, 20 player in the league now. So we got the, the hockey whisperer coming on the podcast, and I'm very excited. This hockey season is going to be a fucking blast. We're going to give you so guys so much hockey content. And we got fucking Grinelli moving to NYC. Grinelli. He'll be on Boomble, the old Boomble. He'll be ripping up those apps, Grinelli. Yeah, that's, the only, that's the only one problem with Australia. Wi-Fi stinks. Cell service stinks. You can't crush Bumble and Tinder. It just doesn't load. Do they even have it there? They do, and the girls are unbelievable on there. But it doesn't load. You said load. Oh, man. Sounds like Grinelli right. needs to find one of those sex doll places in, uh, in Australia here. I think so. 
Okay, boys. Well, great, great podcast, and I'm looking forward to the season. And once again, thank you to all you fans. Yep, we will see you guys next week.